0: Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Alela, and welcome to the third podcast, vlog, whatever it is that you're going to be watching for the Women in Tech shoutouts. We are super excited to be having an amazing woman in tech joining us today, sharing insights and sharing with us her story. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. So hi, Caroline.
1: Hi, so great to be here today. I'm so happy to talk more about my journey and I'm so grateful to Tambu, a Woman in Tech for inviting me. Thanks for thanks for having me. Before I
0: ask you a question, I want you to describe yourself. <laughs> this is still a question, but how would you describe yourself in three words uh, before we get oh. started?
1: <laughs> wow, that's a great question. Um, I would say I am an extrovert. I am also I like to consider myself down to earth, um, and I think that I'm also very empathetic. Um, So those are the three words that I would probably use to describe myself.
0: (laughs) Uh, I guess all those qualities are going to help us understand you better as you continue this conversation. Um, So often at times people want to understand uh, who you are, uh, but my, my reason for asking how you describe yourself Other than bringing in the work front. So, in another world, how would it now? Who are you for those who'd want to know who you are better?
1: Yeah, so um, obviously, my name is Caroline, and I am the brand and community marketing specialist at LocalBase. And LocalBase is an open source database software tool. Um, We have our expansive open source community that's been around for 15 years. And I've been working with the company, the LocalBase, for the last four years. And most people know me as the formal community manager, but I've since switched gears a little bit towards the marketing team, but still work really closely with our community. So um, I love working with people in the Lookaways community. It's a lot of our developers, our DBAs. um, And then I also enjoy uh, working with people in other communities, other tech communities and kind of communities beyond tech as well. but that's kind of how most people will see me. I'm from Austin, Texas. I was uh, raised here for the most part, wasn't born here. Um, Love animals. I have a horse and spend a lot of time with uh, my family here in Austin as well. So those are some of the things that are important to me beyond just working with communities.
0: Wow, Um, I like the way you you are speaking so passionately about the fact that you have moved, yes, from communities, tech communities, Into marketing, but you're still passionate about it and still like, I guess, giving back to the community in one way or another. So looking back at how your career shaped, uh, would you maybe tell us the story behind it, how you got to where you are and things like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am relatively new in my career, actually. And I love meeting with people that are also new in their career, and hopefully I can help inspire them because there's it's hard when you're fresh out of school and you're trying to figure out. What do I want to do with my life? Is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life after I've graduated? Um, And I actually fell into tech kind of almost by connection and accident. I wasn't really planning to go into tech. I actually worked at a wedding venue here in Austin, Texas in sales. And I loved events and had a passion for events and felt like, you know, I think I want to move away from weddings and maybe more into corporate corporate style events. And was approached by our CFO of Liquibase at the time. They were looking for an office manager and accounting assistant. Very different from sales in wedding world. <laughs> but I figured, you know what? It sounds like a really cool company. I went in and I met with the team, I met with a bunch of people in my interview and felt really well connected to the people working there. And so I felt like it was a really great opportunity. And the one thing that I expressed in my interview was I don't want to be an office manager for the rest of my life, right? Um, I would love to have opportunities where I can figure out what it is that I want to do if I want to maybe go into sales or marketing or do more events. um, That was why I was so encouraged to join the team because there would be those opportunities for me. So I um, was an office manager and accounting assistant for a couple of years. I started diving more into events. I actually worked a lot with our marketing team at the time and did events both for our regional sales team and then also for um, our company. And I um, this little thing called the pandemic started and all of the events just overnight were canceled, went away completely. Mm -hmm. And I realized very quickly, I was gonna need to make a big pivot. And I was so grateful to be approached by our VP of engineering. His name's Kevin. Kevin's amazing. He's a great mentor to have. And he approached me saying, hey, we're trying to reinvigorate the local-based community. We think that you would be a really great fit. Would you have interest in joining the team? And the first thing I said was, I'm not technical. I <laughs> I am not technical at all. I don't even know, for the most part, the nitty gritty details of what Liquibase does. I mean, I understand it as a product, but I'm not, again, I'm not a developer. It's hard for me to really understand what's going on underneath the hood of everything. So I was incredibly intimidated and pretty nervous, but the thing is that I really trusted Kevin and I trusted the mentors that I had at Liquid Base at the time. And I know that they really believed in me. And so that's why I took the plunge and joined the community team. And it's been a big, exciting journey ever since then. So that's kind of how I got into it.
0: Well, uh, looking at it. Uh... So many people look at the pandemic like, oh no, no more, no more events, no, nothing is happening on 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 the ground right now, no more in-person interactions. But here you are venturing into something that, for starters, you believe that you are not the right fit for. From the like, you're not used to developers and taking up a new role. So what exactly would you say, other than the fact that you had a support system, what made you take that leap? Uh, is it just a support system, or is it also some bit of curiosity? I don't know. I'm curious.
1: I Yeah, so I, I didn't really know a lot about community management, to be completely honest with you. I didn't even know that that field was out there. It's actually a pretty new thing. It's been around for a while, community management and open source communities and developer communities. But I feel like companies are now starting to realize more and more how important it is for them to have communities, especially in software. And mm-hmm. I did a little bit of research and I realized, wow, a lot of this is about working with people. Um, And that's something that I'm really good at doing. I feel like for the most part, I'm a pretty empathetic person, like I mentioned. And I love listening to people's stories. I love helping them. I love connecting people with other people. That's something that I just get a lot of joy and excitement out of. And I realized that was gonna be a huge piece And also I think it was just something that was brand new that I could put my fingerprints on. So this is something that the company had never done before and it was kind of paving a new trail towards something that was a little bit unknown, but at least we had the foundation of our existing community. We just needed to kind of dig in a little bit deeper. Um, The one thing I will also mention to you, obviously the pandemic has been incredibly challenging and it was very scary at the time realizing maybe my world and events could be over for the unknown future, unforeseen future. And, um, but the thing that I realized was the timing of the pandemic was actually really incredible for developer and online communities, Mm -hmm. because of people's willingness to connect more than they ever would over Zoom, you know, the fact that I was able to meet with Maureen, for example, in Africa. And here I am in Austin, Texas, and there would never have been the opportunity to really meet with her had not I been encouraged to meet people from across the world in the local based community and be able to connect over Zoom more easily now that we are in kind of this pandemic state. Um, So it's been it's been a very encouraging journey, Um, but that's kind of. Hopefully
0: that helps answer your question. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Actually, it's giving me a lot to think of actually when you're speaking of. Like, I never look at it that way. Because now in my particular case scenario, we we were yes shifting from in-person to virtual events and just getting used to this whole new normal as we now refer to it. A bit of a challenge and figuring out, is it going to work? Is it the best fit for the community at the moment? What are some of the things that are going to go wrong? Like you think about what's going to go wrong before you even think about what's going to Be right at the particular instance. Uh, If you look at it, uh, let me ask you, what would you think is the core importance of having tech communities? So other than the fact that there's a platform for them to network, like you said, being able to meet Maureen from Africa, while you're based in Austin, Texas. So what would you think is the core importance?
1: I think what's really important is the fact that you have, I mean, again, I come from the open source software world, right? And that in itself is a huge, rich community of developers that enjoy contributing code to a software that maybe they use pretty regularly. But there's kind of this, um, this feeling of giving back. And it's also this feeling of, and I think Maureen's actually talked about this a lot herself. She, for example, learned a tool like Liquibase, And she felt like she had studied it, she had gotten to know it. She felt confident in her skills to learn it, but then also share that knowledge back to the community. She wrote this incredible getting started article. And that to me is the most important piece is that there's this willingness in communities to want to yes, take that knowledge and and consume it and being able to use the tool to your best advantage yourself or your team, but also being willing to give back your knowledge and your expertise is actually really what makes the community continuously go round and round. Um, I think without that, you kind of miss any sort of ability to connect with others because if you're just constantly taking and taking and taking, you know, there's there's no community there. And I think it's also this feeling of like any community, you want to meet with people that you share kind of a common either interest or a pain point. Um, I think for some people, it may be trying to work with their database. There's some pain points there. So they bond over the fact that they can use LocalBase as a tool, and they're meeting other developers, they're meeting other DBAs, and they can have these really great conversations. Um, I think that's also a piece of it too. It's like for me, I love horses. So I want to join a community of people that also love horses, and maybe I can share my experiences with them to help them out, and they in return can also help me too. So I think that's kind of the core importance with with communities in general.
0: Yeah, um, I like the point that you have stated on giving back, a a place for them to give back, connect with other developers who are more or less like-minded, working on maybe the same technologies or different, and there is this whole aspect of some point of reference. I'm looking at it it's like, I love cats, you love horses. Uh, if I get a community of people who can tell me more about how to manage my cats, I think I'll-, I'll I be- love
1: cats, by the way, I have a cat. So maybe we can start our own community.
0: <laughs> I have two cats and I'm really like, okay, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or the wrong thing, but I get your point. of uh, Yeah, just having people who have like a common interest all together in one particular place. Um. I'm going to go back to your personal story uh you moved from now being a community manager so first from events management to community management and now to the marketing side of things uh would you tell us what some of the challenges that you have had uh being that you said you just like more or less in early stages of your career would you say some of the challenges that you have faced from when you started to where you are right now
1: yeah absolutely um I think the number one thing for me has been this term imposter syndrome, right? It's this feeling of I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just kind of faking it till I make it because again like I said I'm, I am not technical. I'm not a technical person. I have no coding experience, right? But here I am in tech and I work for a tech community and I'm working with developers all the time and so I think the challenge that I faced was that feeling of the imposter syndrome. It was the feeling of oh man, you know, I'm meeting with these people, they're incredible, but I can't really relate to their pain points as well as I wish I could, right? I can probably go off and get some more training, which I am working on. Um, And there's opportunities where you can do that in a local based community, which is awesome. Um, But I think that was kind of a, a challenge point. I think the other challenge point is really understanding your community and the people in the community and what they have an interest in and what they'd be willing to participate in. You know, you can plan. I think John Bacon, who is my um, community guru. If you've not read his book, People Powered, I highly recommend that you do. John is an incredible mentor and he's brilliant. And he talks a lot about how you can build it, but they may not come. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And so you can build all these beautiful platforms. You can build all these programs. You can try to create all these meetups but if if you build it they may not come and so you have to be able to understand what is it going to make them what's going to make them come right and what's going to inspire them to contribute and to participate and so that's kind of i think i don't think anyone is hundred percent nailed that i mean yes there are some really incredible communities github GitLab. you know there's there's these communities that have existed for a while and they do things really successfully But I think it takes time to actually meet with individuals in your community and learn their story and understand what motivates them to contribute and participate. So it's kind of that double, there's the side of the imposter syndrome side, I would say is a big challenge. And then the other piece of it too would be just understanding the community and trying to make them feel like they can contribute and they feel inspired to contribute.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, if you look back to myths, let's say your challenge for imposter syndrome, um, you know, being from a non-techie background, so now working with techies on a daily basis, uh, how do you exactly do you solve that challenge? Because I'm looking at it from a point of, let's say there's somebody who's listening to this and is curious about venturing into the tech space, but is like, oh, no, but I only did agriculture back in maybe my undergrad, or I did this non-related tech course, how exactly would this work for me? So how exactly do you manage to, you know, deal with that imposter syndrome that keeps on maybe cropping up once in a while?
1: Yeah, you know, I, so I'm gonna, I, I always like to give credit where credit's due, and I have to give a lot of credit to our uh, product owner, her name's Karen Taggart, and she just recently joined us and wrote a really great blog about this, and it really inspired me because I think anyone that's young in their career feels a sense of, oh, but how do I get to that? How do I get to there? You know, like, I'm here, but how do I get there? And you're always interested in that journey. And the best advice that I've, I've received from her, and what inspires me is, don't pretend like you know everything. You know, I have no problem saying, what the heck is a sprint? You know, like, when you're in when you're developing code and you're building products. And that's how a lot of developer teams work is they work with Jira boards and they're in Kanban and then they create sprints. I had to ask some really silly questions that probably anyone would maybe think I'm completely stupid and out of my mind, but I don't care because I need to understand what it means. And it helps kind of break down that barrier of, there's no such thing as an expert in anything. You know, you can, you can think that you're an expert in something, but if you, the, the day that you stop trying to learn more is horrible for your growth. And then also just, it, it kind of puts you on a pedestal when really you don't deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for me, it's a matter of, you know, questioning everything. And then also, yes, I may not know the answer to that, but I will work hard to get to the answer. And I will try to lean on the right people to get to the answer. And so, I think the other piece of imposter syndrome and getting over that and getting over challenges of trying new things is really relying on really great mentors um, that have kind of been there and they've done that. If there's ways that you can seek out mentors in your community or in your company, I think that makes a huge impact. I've worked with some really incredible people at Local Base personally. Uh, we have great leadership. And, you know, there's moments where I just, I need them to believe in me more than I believe in myself and they have been there for me in that in that situation Um, so I think it's just always you know don't don't assume like don't pretend like you know everything you know because you don't and don't be afraid to ask questions and get help when you need help frankly
0: there is nothing they can know it all (laughs) and actually people I don't think I don't think there's anybody who likes people who act like they know it all because then it shows that there's no room for you to grow as an individual because you're going with this mindset that I know everything. Yeah, yeah, I like the suggestion of asking questions. And it's funny you've given this whole uh, example using the word sprint. And I'm looking at it like when I started, I actually had to ask, I was like, I was a software developer in some company. And then everybody, like, oh no, we're having sprint reviews. And I'm like, uh, what is sprint review? And I'm like, you don't know what a special view is. So one of them says that. And I'm like, no, let me explain it to you. And I, yeah. So and <laughs> to, to me actually ended up being my mentor throughout the whole time I was at the company with them. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's just like, how, how else are you supposed to know that? You know, like I didn't, I worked in weddings. I can tell you what a bouquet is, right? Okay. But, um, you know, there's questions that, Everyone in their own little world is going to have, there's even people within our company, you know, that work in different departments that had no idea what a BDR is, you know, that's a sales term for a business development, right? But we had developers who are brilliant people say, I'm sorry, but what the heck is a BDR? We don't know what that, what is that? And it's like,
0: oh, well, that's a guilty, guilty, all that. guilty as charge. I have, yeah. I, I once saw it on someone's calendar hold. It's like BDR. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what is that? And like, no brand and reputation, something like that. Uh, oh.
1: Yeah. And we, yeah, we make a joke. We're like, well, Google told me that this is what it means. But, you know, it's like we kind of live in the in the day and age of Google too. I mean, obviously, you work for Google. So that's cool. But it's, um. It, there's kind of like this um, overload of information and so I always tell people you know if there's something that you can google try to google it first and if not then then ask then ask the question yeah. But at least try yeah. to google it at least use your resources at hand first so
0: <laughs> sure sure um, so Thanks. a lot for. I like how you answered the question for challenges that you faced and how exactly you tackle you've tackled some of them. Uh, now looking at it, um, marketing is it yeah. something that let's say for somebody who may be interested in the tech space but does not want to do the maybe coding part of it. So are there some yeah. of, are there opportunities for techies who are non techies in a way? <laughs> if that's the right word. Uh, so, yes, I'm passionate about tech, but I'm not a techie, like a software developer and things like that, but i just passionate about it. So, are there opportunities for that kind of person in the marketing space and maybe even in the community management space?
1: Oh, my gosh. There's so many opportunities. I mean, it's not even it, – it could be in sales. It could be in human resources. You know, we have plenty of technical recruiters that we work with. Um, there's just so many Cool opportunities to work within a tech company that's not even for developers. That's only like a small little chunk of our company, even. Um, and it, yeah, there is kind of like the skill set of trying to get to know the product and understanding how software work, like a software company functions. You know, a software company is going to function very differently than in my old life, a wedding venue or you're actually selling a physical product. Like if I wanted to sell this pen, it's different than shipping out software, right? Um, so I think that my encouragement to anyone that is interested in joining a tech community or a, a company, well, tech community and company, um, is really finding a company that best suits your um your growth trajectory and what you're looking to do. You know, so for example you have people that join the larger companies like an Oracle, right? And they're coming straight out of school and they're joining like a huge company, which is great. I mean, I've had plenty of friends my age that are in sales at Oracle. They're doing super well. They love it. That's great. But then what if you decide, I don't know if I want to do sales. Mm-hmm. What if I like marketing instead, or, hmm, you know, community management sounds like kind of an interesting thing. It's great when you can join a company that kind of allows that flexibility. If you want to go learn something, then you have that you have that structure where you could go do that. That's why, personally, for me, I really love the startup culture. Um, it's a smaller company; everybody is contributing, and there's really there's no one there that is trying to trump over you because of your title. You know, titles are kind of irre- irrelevant in some ways. Um, Yes, they do mean something and they are there and they are in place, but the best idea is what's always going to win. And if you are willing to pursue that best idea, whether you're the office manager or you are the senior developer, um, it doesn't really matter. It's just all about who has the best idea and who can get behind you on that idea. Um, And so I think that, you know, you don't have to be a technical person to join a tech company is really the the moral of the story here. There's so many different opportunities for you if you want to explore it. And I think company culture is the hugest piece of what you should look for if you're looking to join a tech startup or a larger company.
0: Yeah, that's that's quite true. Company culture, quite important. Uh, at least, I would say it's good to recite the company, uh, whether it's a startup, whether it's a corporate uh, that has been there for 10 years plus, just to try to understand also how does the company work? What are type of people were there? You know, is it something that's going to be fitting? I've had cases where friends come and tell me I was there for two weeks, and I'm just like, nah, not feeling it anymore. So I decide to like resign. I like, okay. Did you Google and like, no, I did not check. <laughs> but yeah. then, when they go check, they actually find people have even written articles about those given companies, just saying that this is how the company is and X, Y, Z. Um, so. Taking it back uh, to now, the fact that even startups are springing up each and every day, there's a new startup coming up. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you look at it from the point of these are startups that are probably using technology in one way or another. So what do you see as the future of technology? What do you think it's going to evolve into technology communities, tech communities in this particular case?
1: Oh, my gosh, well, that's a really good question. Um, I think, I honestly think that open source is the future. Um, I really do. I I just think that that is the direction that so many software companies are going towards because they are seeing the huge benefits of having communities because it's not only a matter of growing your, um, your customer base, but also think of it like your user base, right? And the more people that you can get into the funnel that are using your brand, Um, and have success with it, the better. The more people that are touching your software to make it better is also huge. Um, Because we're open source, we are constantly able to evolve. And the fact that we can take ideas from people in our community to really make our product fantastic because it's really all about the customers, right? And it's all about what they want. And so when you have access to a community and you have people I don't want to say people at your disposal because I don't like to see it in that way. But when you have people at your fingertips that you have relationships with, I mean, the way that I think about people in the local based community, they are not, I don't like to see them as our customers. I like to see them as, they're kind of like friends. I mean, honestly, they are, they've turned into friends of mine. And I think that it's just kind of, it, it's powerful to be able to say, hey, so-and-so, I know that you had these ideas about local base. Let's actually talk about that. Can you come and meet with our product team and let's dive into that and let's try to put some resources towards it. And then they feel empowered to go share even more ideas because we listened to them and we respected that. So I really do think that there is a big shift in open source technology and, and software specifically, um, but I also believe 100% that you're going to start seeing companies in tech that are going to work hard towards building um, building communities around them. Um, I mean, I'll tell you one thing, I'm on LinkedIn and the amount of times that I see open roles for open source community managers is a lot. And, you know, we have I get people recruiting, reaching out to me saying, hey, we're looking for a community. Like, and it's always like, we're just starting, we're just starting, we're just starting our community. And it's. I think that's where it's going.
0: Yeah, um, that's true. Um, people are really starting to value the whole open source contribution. I actually, there's a festival that I think started in 2019 and 2020, uh, where they. it's in Africa. So it's called Open Source Contribution Africa, where they bring uh-huh. like developers from all across Africa who are just focusing on open source contribution to just celebrate the fact that you can now actually give back to the community in one way or another. So you do not have to be speaking. You could just be maybe contributing to a given code base, developing from there, you know, just trying to make it better, or even just doing READMEs. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's a great way to learn. I mean, I've seen a lot of hackathons out there. We've participated in some. I think there's one that I would recommend you take a look at too. And um, it's called She Code Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are doing a contributon um, that we're kind of taking a look at but um i met with their open source community manager there as she's phenomenal um she's incredible but it's that's what's cool is y- you can work with people from all over the world you know and that's just mind-blowing to me still is just being able to connect with so many different people and um and really find ways to empower people to contribute which is great
0: yeah that's that's quite true um I feel like this conversation should have been longer. And then we're going to just talk. To... for
1: hours.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we start talking, I'm like, we can continue, continue, continue. Uh, but I'm going to ask, like, maybe the last question. Uh, what exactly inspires you? Before we go to you giving us your parting shot. So what is it that gives you that urge to wake up every day and say, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm a people person. I love working with people. And... Our culture at Local Base is really unique, and that is what really pushes me every day. But I think there's just I work with some really incredible women because it's hard to feel pressure sometimes in the sense of, you know, I'm a woman in tech and I'm trying to do my best to make my big splash or Do I want to really have a huge career? Do I want it to go this direction or, you know, in a few years, do I want to think about starting a family? Can I do both? I, it's hard to kind of navigate those waters sometimes. And we have women in our company that really inspire me. So our, um, one of our senior um, she's on our leadership team, Crystal. Um, She is a mom of two. She had her second baby while she was at local base with us. And, um, I've just seen her work so hard. She's incredibly organized and I don't know how she does it. And her in my mind is kind of the epitome of man. I want to be her when I grow up because she is just such an incredible person. She's incredibly nice and friendly and open towards everybody that she meets, but yet she has such a great leadership presence and, um, I think that's that's kind of what I aim for every day when I when I get up, As people like Crystal. She's really incredible. Mm-hmm. And people like you all, like Maureen, for example. She's killing it, man. She's, I it's so cool to see her part of so many different communities. And to me, that's also really inspiring is just continuous learning, I think is huge.
0: Yeah, personally, uh, I, 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 I look at Maureen, I'm like, I, we all went to the same high school. In the same environment for 10 plus years, but just seeing the growth in the past three years of like Google, like you're, doing yes. and you're doing it, yeah. So and make- I
1: think that's that's huge. Is you know, I think it's important for women to support each other and encourage people rather than you know, maybe looking at her accomplishments and being like, oh, well, cool, but like, I wish I could be doing that, so boo boo on that, but. I think it's all about um, you know, stepping up and really lifting other women up and supporting them in any way that we can. I think is huge.
0: Yeah, it's, it sure is. Uh, I'm going to let you, uh, this has already been encouraging. I'm actually like contemplating. I'm, I'm looking at everything that you're saying. They're just them word by word. So it's really good. Uh, we are coming to the tail end and it would be great to get what your parting shots are, any words of encouragement or any advice that you have to somebody who's going to be watching this or listening to it later on.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I think my my biggest advice is you know, lean into your mentors especially in a young age and also just believe in yourself. You know, there's kind of like this line between having faith in yourself and then also being naive, but then also being willing to put yourself out there in a way that may feel scary. I always can feel it if I get nervous or scared about something because I feel like I'm about to like do something really challenging or scary or something I've never done before, and I can like feel it in my heart. I'm like, okay, this is giving me energy. Like rather than getting scared about it, this is me telling my brain, no, you're doing this, and you're you're. It's a thrill. Um, and so I think it's overcoming imposter syndrome, right? That's the other piece too. But um, I don't know. I think it, I think a big part of it is be willing to connect with people and hear their story. Um, learn more about them, especially from people across the world in different communities um, that may look different from you, that live somewhere different from you. Be willing to have those conversations. Um, and that's the beauty of open source communities. That's the beauty of any community um, is just that flexibility to be able to do that. Um, and I really admire what Timbu Women in Tech is doing by spotlighting people really from all over the world. I'm excited to see it really take off and I'm really happy to be part of it so I appreciate y'all um including me in this conversation today this is really fun
0: Yeah, we are so glad that you are also supporting Temboa Women in Tech and being ready to share your story, your journey with everybody who's going to be watching this. It was really, really good to have you. Thank you so much for the support and thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Caroline. Uh, If anybody would like to reach out to you, please tell us how can they, because I'm sure that people who would actually be glad to be connected with an amazing and remarkable woman like you. I would love to chat with them. So
1: anybody... Is welcome my dms are open on linkedin <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for the opportunity i really appreciate it
0: okay thank you thank you so much and just stay safe and take care of yourself yeah you too all right see ya